Hi, this is Paul Shepard and welcome to the Mindset Change Podcast, where changing your mindset can literally change your life. Oh, you're going to love this episode. It's all about building up your resilience skills so that you can meet the challenges of life and grow in a way you've never grown before. She was unstoppable, not because she did not have failures or doubts, but she continued on despite them. It's a wonderful quote by Bo Taplin. If you have not subscribed to the show, do so right now so you won't miss another episode. Your reviews of the show on Apple also help others find me too and your comments are always welcome. I would also recommend the resilience meditation that accompanies this episode too. Just a small note on that, I'm exploring creating meditations which sometimes you could do just whilst walking, commuting, doing the housework, chores, etc. I love the deep relaxing ones as the benefits are huge, but I do appreciate that some listeners want to listen to the content without having to meditate at times. You will see in the show notes what I would recommend or not with each meditation and the choice then is yours. Now I'm collaborating with the wonderful brand New Mind Wellness and would highly recommend their stress support formula for anyone struggling with stress, anxiety or wants to maintain a healthy mind and body and help increase resilience. In one tiny sachet, they contain 23 ingredients, which includes all your vitamins, minerals, adaptogens, ancient herbs, and flower remedies. This includes the top essentials I recommend to clients, which include ashwagandha, magnesium glycinate, and L-theanine. Now, I use this product as a preventative, and I really do enjoy the calm and focus I can feel from taking these daily. If you would like to give them a try, then I have got you a 20% discount Just use the code PAUL20 in the checkout for your discount link is in the show notes. Now, Sam Higgins, one of the creators of this product from New Mind Wellness, is going to be on this show soon, talking about his backstory around anxiety and why he created this product in the first place. I really believe you will benefit from listening to his story. Would you class yourself as resilient? Or do you struggle with anything outside your comfort zone? Resilience is the ability to adapt, to bounce back and recover quickly from life's challenges. I truly believe that developing your resilient skills is an essential part of life as it's a gift that just keeps on giving. I would say that your mindset will determine a big part of how resilient you are, the health of your body How sensitive your autonomic nervous system is and your environment will also factor too. If your autonomic nervous system is too finely tuned to being sensitive, then life will feel much harder for you due to being overreactive to what's happening around you. Your fear circuits are kicking in far too often, triggering your survival mode, which is part of the autonomic nervous system process. Developing resiliency needs a combination of strengthening your mind, body and assessing your environment that includes the people you hang around with the most to feel the benefits. Now I am seeing a huge increase in people who are either losing their resilient skills or really hadn't developed them in the first place. Here are some signs of low resilience that I experience with clients and for you to look out for. The obvious one is mental health issues, feeling victimized, getting involved in the blame game, 
overreacting when facing a difficult situation. Low tolerance levels. Persistent illness due to the pressure on the immune system. Ruminating and dwelling on problems. Trouble sleeping. Reactive to life instead of being proactive. Emotionally needy. Self-medicating through drugs, alcohol, food, phone distractions, maybe use of porn. Reckless behaviour. Avoiding challenges. In other words, sticking to familiar and comfort zones. Struggling to see the positives and can't quite see a hopeful future. So why is this happening? Well, there's going to be lots of different reasons for different people. Some of the things that I focus on are, I believe that we're being conditioned too much into being comfortable too often. Our homes are heated at the right temperature. When we go outside, we wrap up to the point the elements can have little effect. It's becoming too common to become self-absorbed and sit scrolling mindlessly on screens consuming endless entertainment whilst grazing away on junk food to avoid reality and any difficult emotions that come up. Lack of resiliency often shows up in our habits and that's a beautiful message that we can pay attention to to begin to do something different. Now when I was younger I know my anxiety disorder was not helped by my lack of resilience, especially around people. I was an outdoors lad. I climbed trees, got muddy, wasn't scared of rough and tumble. So then where did mine come from? I suspect living in a home where I felt on edge too often and being in a neighborhood where I was bullied quite a lot pushed my nervous system, physical and mental health to the edge. I wasn't taught any of the skills that would have helped me manage my feelings and emotions and would often try to outthink my issues instead, which would leave me ruminating and getting lost in my head, then seeking escapism. Without resilient skills, we can waste so much time and energy focusing on the little things which can leave important things that need our attention becoming neglected. And then who has to pick up the pieces? our future selves. So what can we do about it? Well, resilience is like a muscle. It needs to be exercised or we find ourselves struggling. I was talking to a client this week who feels that they lost their ability to be around people. So they've developed a form of social anxiety because they haven't exercised that muscle due to the COVID situation. So their resiliency to be around people have become diminished. It really is a case of use it or begin to lose it. In the recent episode, Is Your Average Life Making You Anxious? I propose that the goal to aim for and be average is making people ill. In other words, less resilient. The antidotes to anxiety are confidence and resilience. Sticking to comfort zones weakens your resilience muscles and therefore makes life more challenging. I attended a talk on mindset last night by the wonderful Joe Levy, and he calls comfort zones familiar zones, which actually I think that's a very good term to use because are comfort zones that comfortable or is it just familiar? 
Take, for example, the COVID situation. We spent two years living in fear or being told to live in fear of a virus of an unseen enemy. So we had to adapt to this whole new way of living. Our fear circuits triggered into worrying about something we couldn't see. And all the behaviors, the mindset around that became our norm. Now, I wouldn't say that was comfort, but it was something that became familiar. And we can apply that to lots of different areas of life. For example, I remember hating feeling sick at the thought of going to a job I couldn't stand. But it was familiar and I stuck to that for quite a while, not really doing much to move beyond that familiar zone. I wonder how many of you can relate to that. Don't even get me started on relationships and how we stick to familiar zones too. I think that's a different podcast. And on that note, there is someone coming to talk about relationship attachment styles this year. So please do look out for that. It will be absolutely fascinating and you will never look at yourself and relationships in the same way again. Now look, familiar zones or comfort zones, in my view, can be a good place to rest, recharge and refocus temporarily because we do need to step outside them. Now, the author Michael Easter says in his famous book, The Comfort Crisis, confronting risk, fear or danger produces optimal stress and discomfort, which in turn promotes outcomes such as improved self-esteem, character building and psychological resilience. I really would check out the book, The Comfort Crisis, if you want to take this further. Author Roy T. Bennett also says it's only after you've stepped outside your comfort zone that you begin to change, grow and transform. So where do you begin? Here's where I would begin. Here's my advice to you. In your future, on your timeline, is a more resilient you. You have a future self that has developed those resilient skills. And this is where we can tap into the wonderful psychology of your lovely mind. The psychology of prospection tells us that when we connect to our future selves, really focus on who they are, what they're doing, how they live, what habits they have, and how they handle challenges, we begin to adopt those habits and mindset now. How amazing is that you are the designer of your future and you can create a resilient you which will result in you heading down that path in the here and now. I've done this. I've watched my clients do this. It's your turn. Make it your mission for your self-development. Invest in your future self. Use your future self as a guide and inspiration. Set clear goals to aim for. Because if you can't see your future, then there is too much uncertainty, no direction, and that will keep you in your comfort zone. It can really make you feel anxious. When I ask people who are struggling with anxiety, depression, stress, how their future looks to them, they either can't see it or it looks very blurry 
or the future that they are predicting doesn't look great at all. It's a very strong element of catastrophizing. So the path in front of them is wrought with danger. But the path doesn't even exist. Just a fantasy from their minds, but the body responds as if it's true. So here's my list. Now, it's not a definitive list because resilience is quite a big subject. But here's what you can do to begin to build up your resilience skills. Failure is a redirect. When things go wrong, it means there is a path, a new path for you to take for your life to go right. I love a redirect. Sounds a bit like a sadist, like I want things to go wrong. I don't. But when it happens, my brain automatically flips over to what am I going to gain from this? Now, I spoke to Clint Hoops from the Flavor of Leadership podcast, and I asked what advice would he give to people that he coaches? He focuses on fathers and their relationship with business and family. And he says the number one advice that he would give to his clients is to let go of perfection. Changing your relationship with failure, with perfection, is a great way to develop resiliency. Now, I have to say it can be tough at times, which is why having a coach can be very helpful in helping challenge any limiting beliefs we can all have. Yes, all of us can have. Now, carrying on from that, Dr. Benjamin Hardy and Dan Sullivan in their best-selling book, The Gap and the Gain, talk about how easy it is to focus on the losses when things go wrong, when things get challenging, and not on the gains or how you will benefit from those challenges. This is a skill absolutely worth developing because it adds some meat to the embracing failure perspective. Once you see the possibilities and potential for when a redirect happens, it really becomes something you begin to embrace. I wonder if you could guess this next one. This is a vital component, apparently, in resilience. Gratitude. What? How does gratitude make us more resilient? The science behind this cannot be denied. Gratitude is a powerful way to shift your mindset boost your neurochemistry and change the channel for your reality filters from focusing on negatives to seeking out solutions to be more grateful for. In a study on emotional resiliency from Gloria and Steinhardt in 2016, they said gratitude fosters adaptive coping mechanisms by managing positive emotions like satisfaction, happiness and pleasure Gratitude enhances our emotional resilience and builds our inner strength to combat stress. So keep up your gratitude practice. If you've never done a gratitude practice, I have a variety of meditations and I've also talked about how to practice gratitude effectively in previous episodes. The next is a non-negotiable and yet it's something that We are the only species on the planet who struggle to do this. What is it? Sleep. We mess around with our sleep far too much. I know I used to. I didn't mind pulling an all-nighter sometimes. Party mode, party boy. Staying up all night watching TV, watching movies high on caffeine. Yes, caffeine. 
That used to be such a nemesis for me. I never realised what it did. No wonder my poor body struggled. We have to get, and it is non-negotiable, no matter who we think we are, seven to nine hours sleep a night. It's not high performance or optimal or sign of strength to go without regular sleep. The price is an impact on our physical and mental health. You are not going to feel resilient if any of these are eroding. The next is definitely a non-negotiable for me as it should be for most of you. Exercise. It puts us outside our comfort zones and pushes us to complete challenges that we wouldn't do otherwise. The way it boosts your mental and physical health is absolutely invaluable and a fantastic way to really develop strength in mind and body for your resilient skills. Now, this is definitely a non-negotiable. You have to learn nervous system regulation. Now, I've talked about this a lot in previous episodes, especially in how to manage anxiety and stress. But the focuses are on your parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system. So as we breathe in, we trigger the sympathetic and we become a bit more alert. So the sympathetic is attached to your survival system. When you breathe in, you trigger the sympathetic nervous system, which can make you feel a bit more alert. So if you breathe in longer than you breathe out, you can feel more energized. I don't know if you've ever seen Wim Hof breathing, where they're doing long in-breaths in and very short out-breaths. So the effects can feel like your mind is fully energized, you are boosting cognitive function and your immune system, but it should only be used in the short term. The thing with anxiety is that the same effect can happen. You find yourself shallow breathing, and if you're doing it too often, lowers your immune system, lowers cognitive function, also lowers essential neurochemistry that will help you feel balanced and well, but it also pushes your nervous system to the edge. But luckily, we have a break. We have a break system. So when you breathe out longer than when you breathe in, especially if you're breathing a little bit deeper down to the belly, down to what's known as the diaphragm, triggering the parasympathetic nervous system, And this tells the brain you're safe because it's like it's taking your foot off of the gas, allowing your body to slow down. I teach this to all my clients. We work with models, which when you're working with the breath this way, reduces the fear circuit and allows the wise, rational, logical parts of the brain to become much more active. So then you can use a CBT model or any other models that I teach to help the person take back control. The more they do that, the more they're rewiring their brain to have a different response to something that would have triggered them before into anxiety or stress, and now they can come at it in a more confident manner. Now, I work with people who suffer with panic attacks, and it's an absolute privilege to watch them through developing resiliency, learning to work with their nervous system, and developing mental structures to work with around the panic attack that not only reduces them, but begins to stop them altogether. Fear of fear begins to diminish 
and they begin to handle anxiety in a whole new confident way. And that is resilience. Just to note, I'm recording this episode while Storm Eunice is battering my flat on the seafront, making quite a lot of noise. So if you can hear anything in the background, I do apologize. Hopefully the storm will die down soon. So another non-negotiable is besides nervous system regulation, emotional and thoughts regulation. Mindfulness is very good for this. Learning to work with your emotions so you're not distracting yourself from them, allowing yourself to feel them, not judge them, just experience them. Same with your thoughts. They're not reality, nor are your feelings. No matter how real they may appear to feel, you do have the ability to begin to step back and begin to question them with some curiosity. You are not a slave to your thoughts or feelings. But yes, they can feel overwhelming. And unless you've learned the skills to work with your nervous system and your emotions and thoughts, then you can feel overwhelmed and use coping mechanisms such as drugs, drink, food, whatever your poison is to try and escape what's going on with your mind and body. These are really amazing skills to learn. Now, I do teach this. It's a big part of my work with anxiety and mindset coaching. I'm currently full with clients at the moment. Some of these will be finishing soon. So I'll be taking on some new people towards the end of March, I guess. After I come back from skiing, I'm going to have a little break. If you would like to get in contact, if you would like some help, then please do reach out through the show notes and we can go from there. Meditation is shown to thicken the prefrontal cortex, which helps regulate your emotions. It also helps with increased awareness, concentration and decision making. These are known as higher order functions and they become stronger through meditation whilst lower order brain activities decrease. So for me, meditation, again, is a non-negotiable. Here's a quote from Napoleon Hill. We begin to see, therefore, the importance of selecting an environment with the greatest of care, because environment is the mental feeding ground out of which the food that goes into our minds is extracted. What are you filling your mind with because it will have a big impact on you. I don't know who wrote this quote, but I really like it. You are the books you read, the movies you watch, the music you listen to, the people you spend time with, the conversations you engage in. Choose wisely what you feed your mind. I think the news at the moment is probably at its most toxic. I was watching a little bit earlier and I was being told to worry about all sorts. I could feel my own fear circuits beginning to kick in. Climate change, Ukraine, coronavirus, Storm Eunice, it list just went on and on and on. So we have to choose carefully what we are exposing ourselves to in social media and in the news because they overly trigger our fear circuits. And it can be quite addictive because we get used to being overly stimulated like that. We have to choose better. We have to choose healthier pastimes, healthier forms of information that actually have a positive 
impact on us. Yes, I'm sure we have to be aware of what's going on around us, but have a look at the way that the headlines are created to grab you by the front of your shirt and drag you into reading or watching that news item. If I ever did feel like I needed to be angry and just in despair at the state of the world, I just have to read the comment sections underneath a news article because it's just incredibly toxic. Angry people wanting to be heard, wanting to argue, wanting to fight and being exposed to that on a day-to-day basis will just lower resiliency. Don't let the last thing that your eyes see be the news or social media just before you go to bed, because that's the sort of thing that your subconscious mind has to process and deal with. And don't let it be the first thing that you see in the morning either. Instead, do something healthier for yourself. I meditate. I do yoga first thing in the mornings. I am not going to look at my phone. End of Penultimately, keep your life as simple as you can. Stop spreading yourself too thin. Declutter it. I've got what is the tail end, I would say, of an old hurry up program. I do like to get things done. Deadlines. I like things to be quick at times. I can rush. I'm aware of it. And it's something that I am enjoying working on. I really like going at a slower pace. I like the flow of meditation and yoga in the mornings to start my day instead of how I used to just roll out of bed and run, run, run. I would often take on far too much, spread myself too thinly and then complain that I was feeling exhausted. So now I have a different mindset. So my future self is much slower, more in the flow, and that inspires me to do the same. Lastly. This is my favorite thing to work on. I think this changed my life a lot when I learned this. When I teach this to clients, they sometimes still repeat this at me. Because there might be the odd swear word in this. I do apologize in advance. But what I remind clients and what I remind myself when we're being tricked by anxiety into making it all about us, the spotlight effect is in full flow. We are the star of the show. I like to remind myself and I get my clients to remind themselves, I'm just not that fucking important. No, I'm not. And I add that in, the F-bomb, because it kind of gives it some emphasis, wakes me up a little. I'm just not that fucking important. No one's interested. No one's judging me. My version of reality is not the right one, no matter what I believe. I'm just a normal human being struggling at times, just like everyone else. They've all got their demons inside their head. I have mine. They are probably too busy thinking about their lives rather than think about me. God forbid if anyone didn't like me. Well, you see, in my head, that must mean there's something wrong with me. No. In their head, they have a version of reality And I will either fit that version of their reality or not. Nothing to do with me at times. Though if their feedback was helpful, something that I would like to change within myself, then it was more than welcome. But the reality is, and repeat it after me, I'm just not that fucking important. 
You can also note down in a journal where you were. And if you note down your progression with your resilient mindset, that is a wonderful way to boost your confidence and self-esteem. Do not fall into the trap of staying in that familiar comfort zone. You deserve better. Keep pushing, but make sure you do rest and recharge at the same time. You won't regret it. So there we are. There's some top tips for you. Life hacks on how to be more resilient. I love this quote by Steve Maraboli. Life doesn't get any easier. It doesn't get any more forgiving. We just get stronger. We get more resilient. Thank you so much for listening, spending your time with me. Hopefully you loved this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. It's been great fun. If you have any comments about this show, please put them into the Apple review section. And I look forward to connecting with you in the very next episode. Have an amazing, resilient day.